This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to be talking about sexual compatibility, what that means, what it doesn't mean, what people think it means that's wrong, and what to do if you don't have it. Uh, Primarily, I want to help people get it, you know, people that are single and looking or, or at least show that it can be gotten. But there are many of you that are struggling with sexual incompatibility and want to remediate that. So I will also address that. Uh, Before I get to that, please do subscribe. My most recent one was on generalizations and when people generalize about, quote, all men or, quote, all women, that is usually, quote, stupid. So you should, you know, reconsider and think about the cognitive biases that you're succumbing to when you are generalizing in this way and how um, really it prevents you from having fulfilling relationships. So that's my most recent episode. That's subscriber only. I've got like 90 now, so it's pretty uh, cool. You get like a large, large uh, bolus of them. As soon as you subscribe, you have access to all these other ones on whatever podcast platform you listen to. All right. Um, so anyway, what does sexual compatibility mean? Well, a lot of people think that if they just had more sex, then um, it would be better. And that is not true because, you know, frequently uh, after working with me, people can end up having more sex. But that only works if you're sexually compatible. I mean, it works. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It works. Physiologically, you can have more sex uh, if your partner uh, empathizes with you and becomes aware that sex is a real thing, you know, that, um, you know, isn't stupid and isn't useless. And sometimes that's honestly what couples counseling is in this regard, is um, basically... explaining to one partner that sex is a love language, you know, and physical touch is a real need and it's the same as whatever that person's need is. But, and that can usually get some more sex, quite honestly, or some more attempts, you know, to have sex. But if you're not sexually compatible, then having sex uh, once a week versus once a month, you know, it's really kind of not everything it was cracked up to be. Um, And that's not just because it didn't hit some sort of um, frequency, um, you know, point that you've imagined, it wouldn't be good with three times a week either if you're not sexually compatible. So then what does sexually compatible mean? It means you're turned on by the same things. So uh, yes, men and women can be turned on by the same things. And, um, and when you do click click with someone sexually, in quotes, clicking, uh, that usually means that you're sexually compatible. So you're turned on by similar sorts of things. So you can refer back to the erotic blueprints quiz because that's super relevant and I have a podcast on erotic blueprints. So let's take the kinky one, for example. So if somebody likes the idea of like power dynamics in sex, you can't really like um, explain that to somebody who doesn't. You can explain it intellectually. And as I I discuss later, certainly explaining it intellectually could get you 
better sex than not explaining it where they have no clue what you're thinking or talking about. But sexually compatible means that both people innately do like power dynamics in sex. One likes to be dominant, one likes to be submissive, one is a switch, whatever the case may be. But either way, they both need some sort of mental component to the sex life. It is not just about bodies and touch or or intercourse. So for the sexual blueprint, it's really just about screwing, you know? I mean, like, that's what's exciting. And for the sensual blueprint, it's about, like, get, giving pleasure to our bodies. But for the kinky people, it's really about these taboo ideas and this whole, like, mental framework that sex is situated in. And that's why, like, quite honestly, like, when people are single and they go on dating apps that are more geared towards sex, they find better sex. I mean, because they, and it's not just because they're finding people who like to to have sex a lot. It's because they're finding people who are sexually compatible. So, you know, they say, oh, my interest is BDSM, or I have a foot fetish, or I have a a furry fetish, or whatever the hell. And uh, another person does too. And so they click, they click sexually. So um, what does it mean to click sexually if you do not have uh, kinky fetishes? Because most people can understand that. Okay, one likes to be dominant, one likes to be submissive. All right, they're a fit like Legos interlock into each other. But what about a sensual person? Well, think about it like this. I always have these people that want to take a shower with their significant other, right? And the, the, they, they want to shower because they're thinking about this is like this sensual experience. We're touching. The water's coming down. It's like a waterfall. This room is steamy. It's like so hot, like a sex scene. And if the other person doesn't have a sensual blueprint, they don't know what the fuck you're talking about, literally. They're like, literally, we're wasting water. (laughs) Literally, like, the point of a shower is to be clean. What in the world? Like, why am I here? You know, like, what is going on? Why would we have a bed to have sex in? Like, you know, why would we be doing something standing up in the shower? I don't even understand. And it's like, it's hard to explain. It's like, literally hard to explain. And that's not to say that two people with a sensual blueprint will like the same activity all the time. So, like, you know, one person may like massages more, one person may like to be in the shower more, but at least they can kind of understand where each other's going with it, you know? Like, at least they both have the idea that a sex scene, think about it like this, I guess, would you be turned on by the same sex scene in a movie, you know? And if the answer is no, then it's unlikely that you are innately sexually compatible. But, you know, and, and so, before I get to what to do if you're not sexually compatible, if you're single, it's like really a good thing for your mental and emotional health to intentionally couple yourself with somebody with whom you're sexually compatible. That is really a positive. That is um, something you should be looking for. And what does that mean? It means that you're going to have to be courageous and not... Um, not like hide what your interests and your predilections are at the beginning in order to be what I've uh, previously called a gentleman eunuch or a people pleaser for a woman or whatever. Like you can't just try to do whatever they like in bed and then assume that somehow they are going to later do what you like in bed. They, they think, listen, this is, could be a mind blowing um, epiphany for you, but it, when people 
are doing what you want in bed, they they don't think that they're doing what you want in bed. They think that you're they're doing what both of you want in bed. And the same thing if they're doing what they want in bed. They don't think that you are doing something they want. They think we are both doing something we enjoy. This is like a really key realization, not just about sex, but about anything in a marriage. People don't generally interrogate, um, hmm, I guess this sex act is for uh, him, but this other one is for me. People don't really think like that unless they are like either preoccupied attachment, thinks a a bit more like that, maybe highly sensitive people, but the average human being thinks we are doing X in bed because we both like X in bed. So this is so interesting, right? Because a lot of guys say, she used to go down on me all the time. And then what happened? And she's like, but I thought you knew that that was just for you. He didn't know that. He thought you both liked it. You were thinking, oh, this is obvious that we just did this because he likes it. But he was thinking, why would she do anything she doesn't want to do? That's the default of how like more people than not think, why would somebody do something they don't want to do? If our sex life can be represented by X, X is something we both must like. Because otherwise, why are we doing it? So what you got to do is like take that realization forward. And if you are on the dating market, never engage in X if you don't like X. Or say, well, X isn't like anything that I'm too into, but I love to make you happy. Say it outright so that they don't think that you are both bonding over love of X. Say, you know what? I'm not that into BDSM, but you know what? I'm willing to try it. You know, uh, I'm up to trying it. Cool. I am good giving a game, GGG. And so I'm willing to try it. But that way the person knows that you are not like Mr. BDSM, right? And so, you know, what you're risking there, of course, is that they're going to decide to go find Mr. BDSM. But the, the good part is that you're not going to have to sell yourself as Mr. BDSM for a lifetime when you're really not. Okay, so then what do you do if you're not on the dating market, if you are actually uh, married to somebody with whom you deeply, uh, you know, fear you are sexually incompatible with, well, you know, you can't rewire them, can't rewire you, but at least you can try to understand one another and get to a middle ground like you would with any other aspect of life. So that would entail explaining yourself more, explaining your fantasies, explaining what you think of as sexy because they may have no idea. So it's like on Reddit, like, uh, ELI5, explain like I'm five, is something that people say when they mean give me a very simplistic layperson's, you know, example or explanation of what you're talking about. So that would mean that things that you have thought were very obvious, you would have to explain like your partner is five. Of course, that's creepy in the scenario of explaining BDSM to a five-year-old, but you see my point. So you would say something like, To me, you know, the sensual component of sex is what's really erotic. So although I appreciate you saying that we could have sex for five minutes at a time, three times a week, that's never going to be what turns me on. What turns me on is a lot of foreplay and buildup and touching. So for me, you know, the point of intercourse isn't intercourse. It's all the stuff before. To me, that's what makes it sexy. Honestly, I would rather masturbate than have a five-minute intercourse encounter because to me, it's so, um, it's not sexy at all.
that's a pretty good explanation, right, of somebody with a sensual blueprint trying to um, explain themselves to somebody with a sexual blueprint. So then finally, because these sexual blueprint people, by the way, they feel like I am giving him a lot of sex. Man, we are having sex and sex and sex. We have sex Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And what they're not realizing is if you have sex Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but altogether it equals to about 12 minutes total, you know, then the person honestly would rather have gone without in many cases. And I, I speak to many men in particular with a sensual or a kinky blueprint, where just not sexual. There's also an energetic one. So just refer back to the other podcast. But people with a non-just plain sexual blueprint blueprint that are like I'm more depressed after we have sex because it amplifies like my awareness that we're sexually incompatible and also what's so interesting is that the sexual blueprint person often has not explained themselves very good at all right so if they were to say what turns me on is like your penis well you know what a lot of men could really work with that very well (laughs) as long as they were aware that there was something because here's the thing if a sensual or any other blueprint person is with a woman let's say because I frequently see see this in the male field with a woman as a sexual um you know men get a rap as as though they have sexual blueprint that they just want quickies I see far more women that just want quickies for whatever that's worth so um The man thinks that she's just trying to get it over with because for a person with a different kind of blueprint, having five minute sex just literally means that the woman is tossing you a bone and she just can, no pun intended, and she just cannot stand you. So she's just going to like phone it in for five minutes. And in reality, some of these women are enjoying themselves. They really are. They think they have a good sex life. And this goes back to what I was saying before about those women don't think a lot about sex. So they assume, well, shit, we have five minutes of sex. Good thing we both like it you know we're so sexually compatible these poor people think you know and um wow you know we really just we can make the best of the five minutes that we get we are just really compatible meanwhile the guy who does not have a sexual blueprint is like dying because he feels that this is like the worst like this is it's like a you know it's like a a greek myth it's like you know sisyphus or tantalus or something like your water water everywhere but not a drop to drink that saying like he's getting laid all the time but it's all terrible you know and the woman has no idea so frequently people can explain themselves even the sexual person could explain herself to the sensual person in such a way that it might be more erotic right for him to think boy she's really into my penis awesome cool you know that's better than thinking man she just cannot wait to be done with this encounter which may be what he would think as a sensual blueprint person if he ever limited an encounter to five minutes that would be his rationale that he couldn't stand the person, but it isn't the woman's rationale because she has a sexual blueprint. So explaining yourself to your partner is a key integral aspect of increasing compatibility. You cannot rewire somebody. You really cannot usually make them turned on by things that they never were turned on by, especially as their sex hormones, you know, decrease in older age. So, you know, there's a window. Fetishes, for example, are developed in childhood, you know, and I think that in puberty and like your 20s, you can like be put on a certain track by like an exciting sex scene or 
or something like that, and then you can open up your mind, right? Very, very few people, when their sex hormones decrease, particularly women, there's like a tremendous decrease, like around 40 and beyond, you know, because that's when your estrogen literally goes down. Um, people aren't liking new things necessarily, but they can certainly do new things for the love of somebody else if they understand it. And men are more often the shapeshifter sexual or rather erotic blueprint. The shapeshifter one is basically, I'm down for anything. <laughs> and because men have a lot of testosterone, they really can be down for anything. Men can more often learn to like other things than women can because women aren't, you know, they don't have such a high level of testosterone anyway. And particularly within monogamy, their mental, the mental component of the erotic, you know, is really not there either. They're like not really thinking about sex that much. They're not really feeling that sexual. But for a man, it's just like if somebody's really hungry, they're going to like a whole bunch of different food than if somebody's not really hungry, then they're going to be much more picky. So that's the analogy with the man and the woman in terms of innate biological levels of testosterone and relatedly sex drive. All right. Well, hopefully this was interesting to you. That gave you some new things to think about in the sexual compatibility domain. Everything is predicated on communication and everything is predicated on empathy. And if somebody that you love communicates their their preferences and their, you know, what turns them on, if they communicated very well and you love them, then you really may want to please them in those ways that now you know that you should be doing, whereas before you may have thought everything was fine. So this is a really a call to arms to kind of get over yourself and get over whatever your partner may think or judge or whatever. You only live once. So if you're in a sexually incompatible marriage, what do you have to lose? What's the sex going to get worse? Probably not much. So, you know, just explain yourself as well as you can. And maybe there could be some sort of meeting of the minds that you don't know about. All right. I'll talk to you all soon. Have a great day and please do subscribe.